0: Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. This was a... A difficult week. Many of you in our church were a part of ministering to uh, the Bollyard family. And Sherelle passed away, and we had her memorial service this past week. Craig, where are you at? You're in here somewhere, right, right here. So Craig just said, Kent, please take a minute and just say something to the church body. He said he was so very thankful for the way so many of you in this church walked alongside them. Uh, ...during this really difficult time. And if you've never met Craig, he's sitting down here by Marty Edwards. Man, introduce yourself to him later today. Brother, we love you. And we want to walk alongside you in these days ahead. Um, Because this journey, obviously, is difficult. But, man, we love you and we love your family. And thank you, church, for the way you served and and ministered to Sherelle. Well, it's week number two, friends, of a new sermon series... Called The Blessed Life. And uh, I, you know, thank you for coming back. I'm glad you're here today. I challenged everyone in the church last week to be a part of this series every single week. And I'm so glad that you made a decision today to come back. And so here, here's kind of where we're going in this sermon series The Blessed Life, what I told you last week. I, I, I was given this book 16 years ago, put it on the shelf, never read it. And then about three years ago, a friend said, Man, have you ever read that book? No. And, and I, I didn't do anything. And then about three months ago, a pastor friend in East Tennessee said, man, have you ever read that book? And i was like, no. And so I, I finally read the book, and God really used it to speak to my heart. Some of the most powerful teaching out of God's word about money and generosity and giving that I've ever read in my entire life. So as soon as I began to read that book, I knew I wanted to share this with Hope Fellowship Church. So here's the deal. When we think about generosity, when we think about giving, here's the truth. Listen, our culture today is completely saturated with false teaching about what it means to really be blessed, about what it means to live a blessed life. And so, today, week two of this, the sermon title is this. It's real simple. It's simply this. Here's the sermon title What Test? What Test? Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about when I say what test. For me, uh, you, you may not know this, but when I was in high school and in college, I was not the most academically focused student. I was I was never in the National Honor Society. I know shocker. What? I was not the part. You know when you have your cap and gown and some people have all those, like all the cords. And you're just like, oh, look at, you know, you think, I had, I had zero cords. I was just happy to have a cap and gown, okay? Can I get a witness? Woo-hoo! Okay, all right. That was me. And, and you'll relate to this then. You'll relate. I remember being in high school and like, you know, a te- I'd go in class and my teacher would be like, okay, students, it's time to put away your test books because it's time for the test. And I would say, what test? Can, can, you, can you relate? Okay. And so it's titled, what test? Listen to me, because I think many believers Do not realize there is a test in the Bible. There's a test in God's word. And you actually take this test every time you get paid. You actually take this test every time you get paid. So let me do a quick survey. You're like, what are you talking about? For example, let me do a quick survey just by a raise of hands. I'm curious. How many of you uh, who have jobs, you get paid like once a month? Raise your hand if that's you. You're a once a month kind of a person. All right, all right. Hands down, how many of you get paid either twice a month or every other week? If that's you, whoa, holy mackerel. Okay, how many of you get paid every week, every single week? Just curious, okay, okay. And then how many of you would say, bro, I never get paid? (laughs) I'm I'm just looking, just looking. (laughs) Some some of you out there, I see those hands, okay. Okay. Now, let me ask you, think about this. If God has given you a job and you're actually getting paid, who are you going to thank first for that income? And you're going, listen, you take this test by deciding what you do with the first 10% of your income. Who are you going to thank? Who are you going to worship with your income? Some people, you know what they're worshiping first? The almighty visa bill. Some, some people, the very first thing they worship, they see a little bit of money there, and they're like, oh, it's time to go out and have a good time. It's, it's the entertainment budget. And I could, y'all, I could do that list all day. But here's, here's reality. The only problem is those kinds of things don't have the ability to bless you. Only God, only God can bless you. And so I want you to open your Bibles today to Malachi chapter 3. We're going to put this on the screen. And listen, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today. So just hang on tight. We're going to move through this. But we're going to start in Malachi. And I first want to show you that tithing is biblical. And I'm going to try to answer a whole lot of questions today. I want to show you first tithing is biblical. I want to show you it's in God's Word. Look with me. Malachi chapter 3 beginning in verse 6. Here's what God says. He says, For I am the Lord... This is God. For I am the Lord. He says, look at this, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. For I am the Lord. I don't change. Yet from the days of your fathers, God says, you have gone away from my ordinances and you have not kept them. God says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said... In what way shall we return? Now, think about it with me. This is... Everybody okay? I don't know what that was. This is God talking. This is the God who does not change. Stay with me. And God says to His people, you've gone away, people, from my ordinances. I think it's fair to define what an ordinance is. An ordinance in the Bible is basically a principle of just ordinary behavior for God's people. So God says, you've gone away from my ordinances, and then the people say, what are you talking about? In what way, God, have we gone away from your ordinances? Now, I want you to see this. Before I put this next piece of Scripture on the screen, hear me. A preacher did not make this up, okay? A preacher did not make this up. This is the words of God. Look at verse 8. The Lord says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? And the Lord says, In tithes and offerings. And because of that, you are cursed with a curse, for you robbed me, even this whole nation. And so, this is probably the part of the text you've heard. So, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, into the Lord's house that there may be food in my house. And depending on what translation of the Bible you have, your Bible may say, and try me now in this or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, says Almighty God. If you test me in this and, and, and to see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and see if I will pour out for you such blessing that there will not even be enough room to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says again, the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land of hosts. This is God speaking to us. And, and so here again, let me just paraphrase. God is saying, hey, people, listen, you, you've gone away from my ordinances, from my ordinary principles of behavior. And the Bible is clearly showing us tithing is this ordinary principle of behavior. And God says, hey, it's as if you're now stealing from me. It's as if you've robbed me. And because of that, Scripture says you're cursed. Now, please understand, hear me clearly. Some Christians would say, hold on. You, you can't be under a curse because can't, wouldn't you agree with me that Christ took on the curse of the law on the cross? And yes, I totally agree with that. That's right. Jesus did that. And that is in regard to our salvation. But you need to think about this. You, you cannot believe that you can just live absolutely any way you want to live And it won't affect you. That that is just crazy thinking. For example, if you decide to steal, there are going to eventually be consequences. And a curse is a consequence. If you steal, there will be consequences. So, what if, what if you steal from God? Now, some of you, you would say, well, hold on again, Kent doesn't the Lord own it all? You're just thinking, yes, yes, I agree. He does. The Lord does own it all. He owns everything, but you know what the Bible also teaches? He gives us stewardship. He gives us stewardship over everything, and God reserves 10% of everything for himself. That's why in this text, he says, hey, You have stolen from me. You've robbed from me because, he says, I have set apart the 10% for the house of God. Now, y'all, many of you know me. Hear my heart today. Hear my heart. Because I I, I didn't make all these words up. I'm sharing with you scripture. I'm going to share a lot of scripture today. These These are strong words in the Bible, very strong. And God says, you need to look at what you're doing and you need to be able to answer the question, have you stolen from the Lord? Have you robbed the Lord? And if you have, it's probable that you're living under a curse. And God, God is simply saying, I don't want you under a curse. God doesn't want you moving away from his ordinary principles of behavior over the years, I've heard people say this. They say, hey, Kent, man, let's talk about this. They say, I don't tithe because they say that's an Old Testament thing. Man, I mean, that's an Old Testament thing. And, and some people have said that to me. And so, you know, here I am, the Lord has blessed me to be able to be a pastor. And I've thought, Lord, uh, you know, this, this Malachi text, the one I just read, it is absolutely, hands down, one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. And yes, Lord, people say that, well, you know, it's, it's an Old Testament thing. But I've often thought, God, I don't know if you know this, Malachi is the very last book in the Old Testament. That verse is one page away. <laughs> one page from being in the New Testament. And I think what the Lord is showing me is this. I believe God put that verse exactly where he wanted to put that verse. And part of that is because of point number one in today's sermon. Number one, because tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Please hear me. I want you to see this. God is testing our When a person argues with me about tithing, it makes me ask this question. What is going on in someone's spirit behind that argument? I mean, like, like think about this. Why would a person argue about this when God gave you his son, Jesus? And you're not even willing to give 10%. Why why would you argue about that? I say because this is a test of your heart. Now, let me tell you why I believe. Maybe you've never thought about this. I I believe there are basically two reasons. Number one, uh, and by the way, if you don't know what the word tithe means, the Hebrew word tithe, it means a tenth part, one-tenth or 10%. So first, I think God chose this uh, as a percentage Because it's like fair for everybody. Whether you are at church today, let's say you make $15,000 a year, okay? Or $150,000 a year. It's fair to everyone. Um, And then secondly, I think God chose this number 10 because if you begin to look and study God's Word, for some reason, quite often when you see the number 10 in the Bible, watch. Watch. It often represents testing. Let me show you what I mean. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, Class participation. We're all all going to take a little quiz, okay? What test? We're, We're going to take this little quiz, and we're going to answer, if you're willing, in unison together. Is that fair? We're just going to answer together. I'll ask the question... And then I want all of you to answer out loud with me. Now, remember, I'm talking about the number 10. That's a little hint, okay? First question. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Oh, give yourself a round of applause. Okay. <coughs> and, I, you know, I, I, you're like, well, hold on, testing. I could have asked the question this way, but I'm not sure you would have answered it correctly. How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? It was 10, 10 so you got that one right. Question number two. How many commandments are there? Ten. Two for two. Now, you might not know the answer to this next one, but just go with me here, okay? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Nine. Good. Ten. Nine. Come on. we got some jokers out here. If... By the way, if you're going with us, reading through the Bible for our our hope group plan, you actually read this this week. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Good. How many days was Daniel tested? (coughs) I need need more emotion in these answers, okay? (coughs) Pardon me, I'm a little, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. How many virgins were tested in Matthew chapter 25? Hey. How many days of testing were mentioned in Revelation? Hey. How many disciples were there? Hey. There were 12 disciples. Yeah. Just testing. <clears throat> so, tithing is a test. I love you, Lydia. That was awesome. And listen, and here's something you may not know. Tithing, listen, is a two-way test. God not only tests you, but this is the only, one of the only places in Scripture that I found that God also, God says to us, you can test me. It's a two-way test. God is saying, he's saying, test me and see if I'm pure. Test me and see if I am true. He says, do this because I want to open the windows of heaven to pour out blessings upon you. But all this depends on how we respond. So so here's what's happening. God is inviting us. He's asking us, are you going to thank me? Are you going to worship me? Are you going to walk in faith? Listen. Believing that 90% with God's blessing will go further than 100% without. Now, there also may be some of you who would say this, Kent, I hear what you're saying, but here's what you haven't talked about. Kent, I don't need to tithe because that command was under the law. And you would say, because I'm now saved by grace, I no longer live under the law, and so in just a minute, I'm going to show you in Scripture that the Bible teaches tithing several hundred years before the law, and then in a moment, I'm also going to teach you where we see tithing in the New Testament after the law. Please understand. You've got to think about this if that's your argument. There are principles that were under the law that we should still walk in as believers, for example, thou shalt not commit adultery was law. So would you be saying that as a believer you can now commit adultery with absolutely no consequences? No. Thou shalt not murder was under the law. So are you saying that it was wrong to murder under the law, but now it's right under grace? That's that's crazy. No. So point number one, tithing is a test. Here's point number two, tithing is also biblical. Tithing is biblical. And and let me just say this, there are many people that do not tithe. In fact, in most all churches in the United States, the majority of people do not give a true tithe. So I'm not here today saying, man, you're a bad person. I think you just have a rebellious heart. No, I'm not saying that. What I believe is happening in many churches today is that there are some really great people who just never have truly known exactly what the Bible teaches about tithing. And that's why we're going through this together to learn. And so let me show you some more scripture. All the way back in Genesis chapter 14. Look at this with me. Genesis 14, beginning in verse 18. And then Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem means peace. He brought out bread and wine. And some would say this is a very early representation of communion of the Lord's Supper. And he was the priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and he said, Blessed be Abram, who is we know also Abraham. Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be our God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, that's Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. You're like, why are you reading that to me? Here's why. Genesis 14. This happened 500 years before the law. Galatians, New Testament says, Abraham was our spiritual father. And look what he's modeling for us. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews says that Melchizedek is a type of a Christ. There are many theologians that believe in Genesis when we read about this, he actually is Jesus Christ. So here's Abraham, our spiritual father. He's tithing. He's giving 10%, 500 years before the law. Look with me at some other verses. Genesis twenty-eight twenty-two. This is Jacob. We also read about this in our reading plan this week. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. What I'm doing here, he says, "This is for the Lord's house." And he says, "And all that you give me, Lord, I will surely give a tent, I will surely give a tithe back to you." This is about 400 years prior to the law. Look at Leviticus 27 verse 30, "And all of the tithe, all of it, whether it is of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy. The word holy, we know means set apart. It is set apart. It is holy for the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 and 2. And it shall be, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and when you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first. Next week, I'm going to talk about this. What are first fruits? What does the Bible teach about that? What does that mean? This is the tithe. It's the first fruit. Take some of the first of all the produce of your ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you'll put it into a basket and you'll go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide, to the house of the Lord. That's what that is. Now, all those, you're like, yes, yes, okay, that's good. Let me ask you an incredibly important question right now. If Jesus himself said you ought to tithe, Here's the question. Would you do it? If Jesus himself said, you ought to tithe, would you do it? And and here's the sad part. Some of you, you're kind of having to think about that. Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one who gave his life, he bled and he died on the cross for you. And and for whatever reason, you, you still have to think about that. Let me ask again. If Jesus himself said to you in the New Testament in red letters, would you do it? Let me show you this verse. Matthew 23, 23. Matthew, this is one of the teachings in the boat I had never thought about in my entire life. Jesus himself, look at this text with me. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, those those are all spices, and yet you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Jesus said, these you ought to have done, look what he says, without leaving these other things undone. Now, please hear me. Jesus Christ is saying, hey, you guys are giving tithes, not only of your foods, you're, either, you're, you're even like tithing on your spices that you put on your food. And, and then Jesus says, but you've neglected something. You've neglected justice and mercy and faith. Jesus says, you ought to do that. He says, you ought to practice justice and mercy and faith But Jesus also says, right here in this text, don't leave the other undone. Jesus says, don't leave tithing undone. This is Jesus of Nazareth in the New Testament. Man, I hope you're seeing this maybe for the very first time. Yes, absolutely yes. Tithing is biblical. And then point number three, tithing is a blessing tithing is a blessing. Look with me at 2 Chronicles chapter 31, 2 Chronicles 31. Let me give you some background real quick before we put the text up. Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, one day he himself is reading the Holy Scriptures, and he sees these verses about tithing, and he he understands that the people uh, under his reign, the nation of Israel, they're in like this economic recession. It is not good. And so he thinks to himself, man, according to God's holy word, we're we're living under a curse. And he sees the whole nation is under a curse because they're stealing from God. Look at 2 Chronicles 31, beginning in verse 4. So Hezekiah says, moreover, he says, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Now, let me say this before we move on. Remember in that Malachi text that I started with today, it said to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and the the scripture said that there may be food in my house. So think about this with me. In the book of Malachi, they were talking about natural food. But for you and I today, when we read this text and apply it, we're talking about spiritual food. So let me ask you a simple question. When you you come to Hope Fellowship Church, and by the way, let me say it again. I'm glad you're here. When you come to church, do you ever enjoy the spiritual food that you receive? Do, Do you enjoy the worship? Do you enjoy being together with brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you enjoy maybe every once in a while, hearing a good message, is there anybody that like, "Yeah, I like that." Okay, well, maybe we're thinking about it. Yeah, oh. OK. Listen. Someone, actually several someones, are paying for that. Again, hear my heart. I, I'm not mean-spirited. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. But but a lot of someones are paying for us to rent this gym. And, and someone is helping through their giving to pay for our church office. And several of you, through your giving, are helping pay the salaries of our, our staff, part-time and full-time people. And, and our youth ministry and our children's ministry and our mission support. All of these things. Someone's paying for all of it. So let me make a quick analogy would any of you in this room would you go to a restaurant and eat a meal and then leave without paying for it because some christians do that every week they go to church they eat a meal and they skip out on the check. Or me. You, you might think, well, Kent, are you preaching this message today because maybe giving is down and the elder candidates or the deacons told you this is what you need to say to the church as we move into this building campaign? No, I'm not. Not a soul asked me to preach this sermon. In fact, y'all, God is good. Like in this first month, now we're into February of 2020, the giving of, of this the people in this congregation, basically it's at an all-time high. Praise the Lord. I'm sharing this message today with all of you because I want this for you. But more importantly, God wants this for you. I promise you learning to give, learning to tithe, it will change your life. It will change your family's life. It will change your relationship with your spouse. It will change your children. It will change your grandchildren. It will change you. I promise you. Now go back with me to this 2 Chronicles text, 2 Chronicles 31, chapter 5. I want to show you what happens and and how God just blesses blesses them in such a way. Look at this. And so you know what has happened. So now Hezekiah has given this command and the text says, as soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel, they began to bring in an abundance, the first fruits of grain and wine, of oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything, And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah, they brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. And look what it says. And they laid all of it up in heaps. That's my kind of offering right there. Amen? And in the third, by the way, this this was harvest time when you see the Bible talk about the third month and the seventh month. It's harvest time. And in the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and then they finished again in the seventh month. Look at the Bible. And so now King Hezekiah and the leaders come in and they see all these heaps and they bless the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priest and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, he said, King, Since the people have begun to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat. We've had plenty to eat, for the Lord has blessed us people. And what is left is this great abundance. Break this down with me, church. King Hezekiah, he says to the nation of Israel, we got to start tithing again because this is what God has commanded us to do. And So the people, they're obedient. They start tithing. And then later, as the king sees what's happening, he literally is seeing all these gifts come in, heaps and heaps of offerings that people have got brought to the house of God. So the king, he, he says to the priest, Man, like, are our people okay? He, he's overwhelmed with these gifts. He, he says to the priest, Man, they've given so much. Are they okay? Are they going without on their own? Do they have enough? Are they going to be okay? And in this text, the priest says back to the king, Oh, king, as soon as God's people started to do this God's way, the Lord blessed them. And the priest basically said to the king, What you're seeing here." This this is just 10%. If you think those heaps are big, you just need to go look at the 90% to see how God has blessed his people. Listen, if, if any of you in this room, like I have, have been active in church for a very long time, when this subject comes up, you basically only hear two testimonies from people about tithing. Here's what they are. I've heard these over consistently year after year after year. One is this. People who tithe consistently say to me, Pastor Kent, since we've begun to tithe, I can't even explain how the Lord has provided and blessed our family. They, they can't even put it into words. That's what they say. And then the other testimony I hear is, is this one. This comes from people who are non-tithers. They say this, can't. I just can't afford to tithe. That's what they say, afford to tithe. And again, I'm not mad if that's been your testimony. I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm not here to shame you this morning, but you have got to hear this truth. Please hear my heart. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. You just won't. we have got one more illustration for you uh, before we wrap up today. And I, I've, I talked to some guys just before church. They have no idea what they're about to get into you. Uh, so Shelby, you're one of them. Matt, you're one of them. And Jared, y'all come up here. Come on, guys. Come on. They don't even know. I just said you have to do All they have to do is stand here. Come on, guys. Give it up for these three volunteers. All right. Yeah, you don't have to come, up. just come stand right here. I want us to have a, you know, real close conversation. All right, just, here we go. Y'all stand together. Look at, no, you got to look at me. I'm going to talk to y'all. Yeah, here we go. I'm talking to y'all. Forget these other people, okay? All right. So here's the scenario, guys. Uh, we're going to, this is an illustration. This is not really happening in my life. But for the purpose of this illustration, guys, I, I have just found out I'm going to have to, like, go away for four or five months. It's a good thing. It's ministry related, but I'm going to go away and my wife, Shauna, she can't come with me. She has to stay here. So I've been thinking about this and here's my plan. Here's the plan, guys. Here's what I want to do. I, I need to provide for her. I need to take care of Shauna while I'm gone. So I want to use you three men. I basically want to give money through you, funnel money through you, and then you guys, I'm going to ask you every month to help provide for my wife, okay? So here's how this is going to work. Every single month, I'm going to give each of you $10,000. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? If only I made that much money, okay? I'm going to give each of you $10,000 every single month. Here's the deal. All, you get to keep 90% of the money. All you have to do once a month is give Shauna, each of you, $1,000. Does that sound like a plan? All right, sounds good. I mean, think about it. Think about $9,000 to do whatever you want, just give my wife 1000 So here's what happens. I, I go, now let's pretend that I'm like, you know, four months into this journey. And of course, I've been talking to my precious wife the whole time I've gone and making sure she's doing okay and everything's good. And so about three months in, about three months in, we're talking on the phone. Oh, honey, I miss you. You know, I, we weren't even together for Valentine's Day. And, and I say, well, let's talk about something for a second, Sean. How, how are the guys doing? How's that going? Are they taking care of you? And she, oh, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. She says, well, as a matter of fact, Kent, uh, Shelby, like every single month, it's like clock, it's like clockwork, the first of the month, he gives me $10,000, whoa, $1,000, okay, you're generous, but not that generous, right? $1,000 yeah, every month at the first of the month, yeah. Well, what about, I'd say, Shauna, what about Jared? How's he doing? Well, Jared, listen, Kent, I don't, I don't know. He's giving me $2,000 every single, I'm like, I say, Shauna, $2,000. I didn't ask him to give you $2,000. So I, she's like, I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't. I said, why is he doing that? You say, I don't know. i like, well, praise the Lord, okay? So then we get, we get to Matt. How, what about Matt? How's he doing with the money? And Shauna says, we need to talk about Matt. I love Church you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she says, well, here's the deal. You know, month number one, uh, Matt, Matt gave me $700. Okay. And then uh, month number two, Matt gave me $400. And she, I said, well, what about month number three? And she's like, nothing yet. And so if this were a real story, you know, I'd be like, I I would be like, what is the deal? I mean, how would that make me feel? Like as a husband, I I just have asked you to keep the 90 and give 10% to my wife. Well, I I tell you how it would make me feel. It would make me just like really upset. And what it would make me want to do would be to say, bro, I love you, but I'm I'm no longer going to give you 10,000 a month. And my decision would be, I'm just going to take that 10 and give it to these two guys over here. Because they've proved themselves to be faithful to pass on that money. Uh, y'all can have a seat. Thank you for that. Love you, bro. Matt's really a good guy. Yeah. He, by the way, he would never do that. But it's just an illustration, and here's what I want you to think about. Jesus Christ said to us, church, I'm going to go away for a while, but I'm coming back. I'm going to go for away for a while, but, but I'm, I'm coming back. And while I'm gone, Jesus said, I want you to take care of my wife. I want you to set apart 10% for my bride. You can keep the 90%. Now, let's just make sure we're all on the same page. Let me ask you, is the church the bride of Christ? Yeah. Please listen. Tithing might be more personal to Jesus than what you thought because the church is his wife. Now you're here this morning and you saw that illustration and maybe you're even thinking, man, I, I can't believe that like you would take that money away and give it to those other guys. Well, that's straight out of the New Testament. The parable of the talents. It's exactly what happened. And what I want you to see today more than anything is that God really does want to provide for you. But you have to be honest. And you have to think about this question. Why would Jesus provide and bless people who will not even be concerned about his wife? It's a test. It's a test. And it's very important that we all pass this test. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father God, the truth that I personally. Have overlooked in your holy word. About what we've talked about today. God I need to ask you to forgive me. But at the same time. Lord I'm so thankful for. Other men. Other ministers. Who God you've gifted. To be able to help me. Look at scripture in a way. That I've never really thought about. God I'm thankful for that. And Lord because that's impacted my life. I know that your plan. Was for me to to share this with our church. And so, Lord, uh, this this is real, and this is honest. And God, for some of us, it's very convicting. And Lord, conviction and listening to what you say and how you want us to live, sometimes that's not easily received, but that's okay. And Lord, there there are some people in this room who could have preached this sermon. They have been faithfully tithing for decades. And yet I know that there are people who just have struggled with this. And so God, as we continue to walk down this road and each week learn more truths about what you teach us, all we're saying is, God, God, show us, teach us, mold us, help us to understand what you really do want for our lives. God, let us understand that all of this, it's about the heart. It's a matter of our heart. And then help us understand that it's also a test. And so, God, would you do in us what we don't see a way to do in our own strength? Would you change our heart? And, God, would we be found faithful? Lord, as we wrap up today, while we've talked a lot about the blessed life, God, I, I cannot overlook the fact that there perhaps are some people here today who they're, they're just on the very front end of figuring out what it might mean to follow your son Jesus, to confess him to be Savior and Lord. And so, God, for those folks, God, I pray that this day they would be overwhelmed in an amazing way by how much you love them. God, show them your mercy and your grace and your compassion, but also show them your truth. God, show them your power. And so, God, as you're working in the lives of people in this room, let us listen to you and let us be obedient to you. And for those who are here to calling me to follow him, God, I pray that they would run a after him with all of their heart. God, as people in this room, surrender their life to you, to follow you, to be, be Savior and Lord to them. Angels convict us. Lord, it may be that during today's prayer and response time, there are, there are couples in this room that just want to pray together to say, hey, we got to get on the same page about this. Lord, there may be individuals who, who have just really struggled to understand this, and, and today, for the first time, they've really seen with clarity what, what you say to us in your holy word. So God, let us cling to that and change us, Lord for your glory thank you for this time we've had this morning God thank you for your word and may we respond now with a spirit of thankfulness and obedience in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen church well thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast if you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church please visit hope615.com slash connected.